Welcome to the Esports Coaching Essentials Podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help level up your career and business. Powered by Coachify.gg, providing all of the tools you need to run your esports coaching business. Track your students, inspire them to succeed, and turn your passion into profit. Sign up for free today. Today, I'm interviewing Matthew Acadian Higabotham formerly a professional jungler in League of Legends LCS, where he played for multiple teams, including Echo Fox, TSM, and Dignitas. After playing at the highest level, he switched to coaching in 2021, where he worked for the Golden Guardians Academy team and is currently a coach for AOE Gold, one of the teams competing in the NLACL circuit. Matthew, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So yeah, let's just jump right into it. How did you get into gaming and esports and then you know competing in the LCS? Uh, well, gaming, I I mean, I just grew up gaming since I was a kid. My older brother was a gamer. Um, I fell in love with it when I was like six. I thought it was, so I was just crazy, like alternate reality, virtual realities, like other, other worlds. I was super into fantasy growing up. Uh, <clears throat> so pretty much ever since I can remember, I've loved, I've loved games. Um, in terms of esports and, and league, the way I got into it was, I mean, I was just a fan first. I was a fan in, in high school. Um, I think when I was a freshman or sophomore, that was around the time when TSM was first coming out with like their, their vlogs, like the, the original team with like uh, the odd one and Dyrus, Reginald, yeah. all them. I used to watch all their stuff a, a ton back then. And then I became a huge fan of the cloud nine team that was like undefeated for a while. Um, and yeah, I just, as I was getting older and going up in, in high school and people were starting to move into college and whatnot, I, I don't know. I just had like a vision of like, that's what I want for my life. I want to, I want to do what they're doing. That sounds awesome to uh, play video games as a job and like have that kind of lifestyle where you're just competing all the time and, and traveling around and whatnot. I realized I really wanted to try to make that a thing. And I think subconsciously because of interfacing with, LCS, just like watching it and becoming fans of people, watching worlds, getting excited about it. I think it naturally made me try harder at at the game at solo queue. Like I think when I first, probably around the time I first uh, found the LCS, it was like I was like a silver player or something or gold maybe back then. Actually, that was all the way back when there was like numbers for for your rank instead of um, instead of uh, an actual like gold, silver, etc. But yeah, I just started trying harder to get better. Um, picked a role, picked a character, and grinded my way up through the ranks. And once I hit near, I, I, I was near challenger back. That there was like the way it used to work was challenger used to be only fifty spots, so everyone would like there'd be a ton of players sitting at the top of diamond one, um, and then that would go right into challenger if you if you made it in. So I was at like the top of diamond one and. Um, I remember bringing, I basically made a presentation for my dad um, when I was like maybe at the beginning or halfway through senior year where I showed him, uh, I showed him like all the players in Amer- in North America and then showed him the percentage of players that were like, I showed him where in the percentage of players I was in comparison yeah. to everyone else that was playing and then showed him the proof of like, these are all the people that are doing it for jobs right now. Um, and then he basically said, that I have a year he'll, he'll let me try to go pro for a year where I can live at the house and do everything I can to go pro. And 
towards the end of that year, that's when I got my first, um, I, I just kept joining a bunch of amateur teams, um, kept joining, competing in tournaments, playing solo queue all the time, trying to get better and better. And eventually I got an offer to join, I think it was Winter Fox. Yeah, my first my first team back then was Winter Fox. Um, they had previously been in the LCS and they were playing in a Challenger series. So I got an offer to like go sub for them um, to play top. And that was kind of my first like, that was my first time leaving the house and going down to LA. Uh, so I lived in a gaming house for a couple couple months. And um, I don't know, everything honestly just kind of, everything kind of rolled from there. Um, it wasn't completely smooth sailing, but that's kind of how the journey started. And I kind of moved from from amateur team. Well, that wasn't really an amateur team. Winter Fox is more, as a challenger team, so it was more, a little bit more stable back then. But um, <clears throat> Let's see. Yeah, I just moved through a lot of teams. I moved through some challenger teams. Um, I joined Team Liquid Academy back in 2016 spring, I think. And then one more team. And then that's the the year after I got ended up getting picked up by Echo Fox to play in the LCS. So that was kind of my whole my whole journey. I think all in all, it took me I, I graduated high school in 2014. It took me one year of being an amateur and challenger to like go all the way through it to like the top level. And then one year of being a challenger. And then after that, I made it in LCS. Fantastic. Man, that's awesome that you got the support from your dad like that. Though, uh, pretty cool. Do you still have the presentation that you made for him? <laughs> uh, no, I, I literally printed it out on a piece of paper. So <laughs> I probably don't have it. it. It was literally just like, I don't know, back in 2014, 2015, there was like the breakdown of all the all the accounts mm -hmm. and the ranks and whatnot. And then the the people, the amount of people that were in like, Diamond one back then was like less than a little teeny tiny silver on the graph compared yep. to like everyone else's like bronze silver for the most part. That was the majority of players. Um, and like the percentage was, it's like, I don't know, basically that, that percentage back then of being diamond one, it's like how it is to be, I don't know. I don't even know right now, like top, top 100, top 200 challenger. Um, it's like 0.00001% or something. Um, so no, I don't have it though. That'd be cool. That'd be a cool like souvenir to to keep, but I didn't think of it at the time. Yeah. Well, that's great advice for uh anybody out there that's you know still living at home or you know still in school and trying to convince their parents, you know, you're wanting to go into esports, like make a very concrete data-based uh case for your decision there, and you might get a little bit better buy-in. Yeah, my dad so, uh my dad loved I mean, he loved any he's the kind of guy where any random idea, like he wants, he was always looking for like random stuff you could do to potentially become successful, like new ideas, stuff that was not, um, stuff that was not normal, I guess he was always down for if it made sense. Um, so any parent that any parent that's a good parent or cares about their kid, which is probably pretty much everyone will want them to be successful. So I think that's a pretty good approach. For most dads, at least, they're just going to want to know that one, you actually could make it Two, it's like realistic, like how close you are. Like, I think you need to be like you need to be realistic also with yourself as a person if you're actually in range of like striking distance of this job, because like there's a lot of people that it's their dream to do it. But they're like, you know, if you're like diamond five, then you're not in striking distance of of being like a pro player. You need to you need to still improve individually to the point where like you're actually playing in games with people who are professionals, which is what I was doing it back then. Like I would, I would be in games with the actual people who are pro players. And then I think once you're at that point where you're actually playing in their level, um, 
it becomes more realistic for you to like actually do it. Good suggestion. So let's talk about your transition into coaching then. Uh, how did that uh, come about? How did that come about? Um, I think, so I played for a while and I had, I had a very up and down career. Like I had some pretty high highs and some pretty low lows. Um, and then after a while, I think my, my level of play and my, and like the way it felt to me was my level of play kind of, kind of steadied out. Like it kind of, it became consistent after a while. Like I, I finally had a system that I was playing on and I was fairly consistent in my results. And like, um, usually the players I would beat the players I'd lose to, like I, I kind of knew where I, I stacked up against everyone and it kind of stayed, it stayed at a, a, a fairly similar level for like a year or two. And I was trying to do things to improve, but for me personally, I think a lot of the, a lot of the like drive to play the game 12 hours a day to get better. Um, I think I just stopped feeling it as much um, after a while. I, I stopped being as motivated, started feeling like, you know, the efforts were kind of futile to improve for me. Like it, it just started to started to feel harder to improve my play, I guess. And I mean, maybe I could have done things differently back then, thought about things differently, but I started to ask myself if, that was if if that was the lifestyle I wanted, like, do I want to be playing league all day, constantly by myself? Do I want to keep doing that? Or what do I want with with my like what do I want to do basically? Um I mean I think I think I'm saying a lot of words, but I think what really what really happened was I realized that my passion for playing the game like lowered over time. Yeah. And I just wanted to, I, I just started feeling like pretty deeply in my soul that I wanted to try something else. Like I wanted, I wanted a change in my lifestyle. I wanted a change in my life and everything else felt pretty scary to try to do, to like try anything outside of league because my whole life, like most people at my age, um, most people that are, you know, once you hit like 24 or 25, I'm 26 now, but most people have like already gone through college and they have a bachelor's degree in something. Um, and they're already set in a career that will like last them for a long time if they wish. And esports is not really like that. If you're a pro player, like I, I tried, I tried looking into the job market in the past like uh, two years, and the amount of people who have no idea what esports is outside of the the sphere is is massive. Like it's a very small, it's not a huge portion of the population that actually knows that it exists, or maybe they've heard like random stuff, but. They, they've never met anyone where it's like a real thing for them. So if I tell them I'm a pro gamer in the LCS, they're just like, so some people that means they, they like know how much work and dedication it takes to get there and stay there and have it a career for a yeah. long time. And then to some people, it like doesn't matter at all. They have no idea what I'm talking about. And they just think like, they think of like the, the kid in their parents' basement, you know, playing video games and like, they don't understand the magnitude and the time that it took to do what I did, which I think a lot of like, unless you're specialized in, Unless you're specialized in something in, in your college degree, a lot of what getting a college degree or a bachelor's degree does with like employers is just tell them that you did something for four years and you were like committed when you were an adult. You know, you had to take care of exactly. tasks by yourself. Yep. Yeah. So um anyway, I just started looking for other stuff and coaching seemed like a natural it seemed like a natural transition for me because I'd already had plenty of people in my in my career th tell me that they think I'm going to be a good coach in the future. 
Um, I have, like, I had friends tell me that I have a very high emotional intelligence. Like I can tell is when people are upset or not. And I'm, I'm pretty good at just like organizing things, structuring, structuring practice, um, structuring my own practice. Like I learned a lot of things over the time, over time that just made me feel like I was, I could be a good coach. And I kind of had like, uh, I kept having these like almost like visions in my head of like what I, what I would say, like if I was coaching in the future and I didn't even have a job yet, but I was just like <laughs> thinking about it. Um, so yeah, I just decided to try it and I put myself out there to see if anybody's interested. Um, and it was super late in the off season when I actually did it. And I was very fortunate that golden guardians, uh, had an opening because their, their previous coaches got promoted to, to coach CLG LCS team. So mm. they had an opening there and I was able to start with them. So what was the hardest part then about that transition? The hardest part? Uh, well, I had actually like a very, so I, I coached in spring and then I had, uh, I had kind of like, I went through a whole, a whole year last year, a whole, a whole, like a uh, personal development, like learning about myself year, to be honest, because I had spent what 2016 to 2022. So that whole time I was playing league. And I mean, even 2014, that's kind of when I started. So I was basically playing competitively for eight years. And that was my whole purpose for eight years. And it was very weird to switch from like, instead of me getting like, it's, it's, it just keeps you on your purpose when that's what you're doing. Um, when that's your job, it just like all you, all you have to do, your whole responsibility is just get better at this game, get good at this game and stay good at it. And to not have that anymore and instead it was like a definite big transition from like I, I think so the way i used to look at it when i was a player i think you're like ego is attached to uh how well you're playing and i think a lot of players i mean it's just growing up that's just like how it is yeah. um and i didn't make the switch fully uh until even i think this year is like when i've been coaching aoe this year i I've, i feel it a lot more where even in spring last year when I was coaching, I was like still thinking like um, it's almost like having having like I mean, you should have confidence in yourself, but like having having getting the same kind of uh, satisfaction from winning as a coach. It's not the same as a coach as a player because you be like basically the way I see it now is like I feel happy for others instead of feeling that feeling that same thing for like my play or something. You know, it's like I just your whole goal basically is to make sure that the team is aligned on on goals together structure of practice and what what we need to work on basically and then make sure that you're focusing on what the players need to do to improve but i think when i started my first split i was there were so many things i needed to learn about just like coaching and i kind of just got like thrown in and i was uh i was very fortunate to have the trust of my organization i had i had a I mean, the head coach for Golden Guardians at the time was Nick Smith and Arrow, who he's coached me twice in my career um, back back in like he coached me on a challenger team in 2016 and then again on Echo Fox in summer in 2017. Um, and I just had people I could reach out to within the organization anytime I needed help, which is nice. But they also gave me the autonomy to like just coach however you see fit. Like we want to see what you do, basically. Um, and I had good players already. Like I had, I had players that had a lot of knowledge. So I didn't have to do as much. Uh, I don't. I don't think I had to do that much teaching. It was mostly like 
relationship management on that team and then and then structuring the like how we're going to put our strategy together like where we're going to play to um the kinds of things we're going to do in game and it was honestly really it was a it was a really fun switch it was a nice switch from from playing and i would say my my like work work life balance was a lot better because with the with the players like you play until you know 11 p.m. or something like mm-hmm. you're actively playing um whereas like as a coach you you just watch like at least what i did was you basically have you have things prepared for the morning meeting um and and a lot of what that entails is either we're working on actual like macro stuff or communication um in terms of those meetings or you're just watching like you're just watching uh international series basically to see what all the other regions are doing to see what people are playing um which is just a lot less like it's not as intensive as like focusing on a game where like you're locked in and uh yeah your adrenaline's adrenaline's pumping like every every 30 <laughs> 30 minutes or so um so yeah that was that was basically my what the transition felt like for me was just i think making that that realization where it's really not about me anymore and it's about mm-hmm. it's about the development of the players and it's about the success of, of the team like that's your whole role it's no longer about like how good you are as an individual necessarily. It's just about the success of the team. Um, and I think that's, that's definitely a lesson that I needed to like, once I, once I switched from coaching and then I went back to playing and then I reflected on my whole year and like how, how I was throughout the split, that's like a big takeaway that I had from spring was just go into the next team and think like that. Like the main thing that I was thinking was like, no matter what team I'm on, the next team that I'm on, I want to make sure that when I think of each player that played for me, I want to have made them better. And I want to know that I made them better. Like, I don't yeah. want to know, know in my heart that I like taught, taught them something or I really helped them with some, some uh, aspect of their game. So I've just been trying to focus on, you know, what, what does, what does this player need to improve, to like take the next step? And now I'm also at, you know, a lot of, a lot of these dudes in amateur are like, they're trying their butts off to try to get an Academy and they really want mm-hmm. to take the next step to like, because amateur is not amateur is like really, really bare bones, like not sustainable for, for just like anyone really. Um, so Academy is really the first level where you're like, you're technically a professional because you get paid enough money where it's like a, it's like a livable wage and you can actually like really pursue it instead of like a lot of people have jobs or they live at home or they're going to school at the same time. Um, and a lot of these guys really want to take the next step. So a lot of my role has been just think, think about, their habits as players and like what they could change or what they need to, to take that next step to get there. Very cool. And I have to ask, like, I mean, you've obviously played at a really high level, but does it feel like you've kind of found a more natural fit being a coach versus being a player? Hmm. Uh, I think the person I turned into now, like the person that I am now in the last couple of years, I would say yes. I, I guess I just like, I matured a lot and I matured in my, my game knowledge, um, became more rigid. And also like when I played last year in summer, like when I went to coaching and then I went back to playing and then I went back to coaching again, it was like, I don't know. It's, it's like, I mean, I guess it's just, I don't remember, I don't recall it being that hard to like, think about, um, the game in like a clear way when I was younger. Um, I feel like such a grandpa like talking this way, but uh, it's just, it's just how I felt in summer. It was like hard to see the game the same way when I was actually in it. And 
I would come out of every game and like I had coaches, I had coaches like Wes Rice was coaching me who he'd, he'd been an LCS player before he'd coached plenty yep. of successful Academy teams. He's worked with cloud nine LCS team. And like, I would come out of the games and know as soon as the game was over, I would know exactly what went wrong, where it went wrong and how to fix it. And then it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't apply that same, that same like mindset, that same thinking in the game. And so I guess for that reason, it feels like I'm a lot, it feels like I'm, I'm like better at my job as a coach, to be honest. Like I'm really good at uh, a lot of my, a lot of my natural personal skills have, they just help me a lot. Like I think my, my, just the way I grew up, the way my, the way my dad talks, like he was a green beret in the military. So mm. I think my, my understanding of communication, he helped me with a lot in the past. Um, and just like the way he even taught me about life is like very methodical, like make a plan, structure your plan, um, get everything like basically get everything written down and like fleshed out so that everything runs smoothly. And then if it doesn't run smoothly, you like, I mean, basically just debrief, like every time, every time you finish a day, like, I think that's really important to, um, like we're running through our week. We set goals at the beginning of the week. And then at the end of the week, we talk about, okay, how are we doing on this? Like, do we need to change anything? Like, I just think that's stuff like that is really important and it's stuff that I kind of naturally grew up with. So yeah, I would say, I would say it fits more. I also just, uh, yeah, I like, I guess I've just been trying to do other things than, than play, play league like 12 hours a day. Um, like I considered maybe being a streamer, but that entails kind of the same thing. And I don't know. I think, uh, at a certain point I just started feeling, I didn't want to like, what's the word? Like, I think people just flame a lot in solo queue for every little (laughs) thing, just anyone, they'll just flame anyone all the time. And I'm not a huge fan of that. Like I, I almost caught myself typing the other day when I was streaming. And then I was like, dude, I'm a 26 year old, like grown adult. And I was about to type in League of Legends. Like (laughs) I just muted everyone instead. (laughs) Mute all chat secret. weapon. Yeah. Well, man, that, that was so fascinating. And honestly, I'm sure like, you know, you wouldn't be the level of coach that you are today had you not had all of that experience as a player. And so, you know, very few coaches, even now, because the scene is still so, you know, relatively new you know, compared to traditional sports and things like that, being able to come from, you know, competing at that high level, bring such a unique and powerful experience to your coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I learned a lot from, uh, I mean, I just had a, I had a great opportunity, I mean, to learn a lot from people I played with and people I was coached by. Um, I mean, even now I can, I can look back on my experience and see how how every coach coached and what I thought was good, what I thought was bad. Hmm. A lot of the a lot of the concepts that I learned from my teams in the past that we started executing. Um yeah, definitely helps a lot. And it's nice, it's nice to be able to bring a level of of expertise that I feel comfortable with. Like I just I it's like stuff happens and it feels like I I have the answer, which is is very nice. nice. I don't feel I don't feel lost a lot, basically. Yeah. So especially like looking back over kind of your history and now looking what you're doing right now, what, what would you say is your personal style of coaching? My personal style. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know some coaches, they really kind of like that authoritative, like, 
you know, we're doing what I say, you know, I might take input, but like, you know, here's a very specific regimented way of doing things while other coaches are a lot more collaborative and kind of facilitators and like just kind of, you know, helping the players decide, um, you know, the different kinds as well there, but yeah, I'm kind of curious, you know, what, what's your current personal style? Uh, I think the way, like the, in my experience, the best, like every team, because, because the coach can't say what to do in the game, mm -hmm. right? That's not how league works. So in my opinion, every coach should include the players in the decision-making process, which is what I do. Like all I do, all I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of like leading discussion, getting answers from people, getting opinions from people, and then like putting that into, okay, here's, okay. If, if we think, do we think this? we do think this okay if we think this then that then this means that we should do this every time we see a situation right and then we just keep adding in the the opinions of everyone and what like get opinions what do, what do you think we're good at what is the best way to draft right now and just like provoking thought like that and then once we get everyone to agree on something then i just say okay we should just should just do this basically it's like it's like leading but not in a like um not in like a I'm over you kind of way. It's just like I just lead discussion and we all just build it, build build whatever it is together. Like our team right now has uh, what I did basically is I I broke down uh, league into different phases of the game, mm -hmm. and we would just watch a lot of we would watch a lot of vods um, of pro matches and our own matches, and then many of our like slides we, we basically just have slides for like what we think about the different phases of the game so that we can reference when we um when stuff goes poorly usually we can just like pull up a slide and then it's like which which part of this did we mess up or like which part of this didn't go well or is our is our slide itself like incorrect because of a certain patch right Interesting. Um, yeah so we built most of those together like I, I don't just like do them on my own we like for example we have like an early game one where uh we were just talking about the different sequences for rift herald and the different um the different ways that a team will get it or give it like the different things that play into it and we basically built that whole thing over like two hours together where i was just like i'm just like leading the discussion like we're just talking about it but get everyone's opinion and whatnot and i think if you do that it it also creates a lot more like buy-in and you need the players to be you need the players to be taking accountability and responsibility for the games you know um because you can't do anything as a coach when you're in the, when you're in the game, they just have to do it themselves. You need to build, you need to build a system with them that they feel comfortable using and applying in their games. So if they built it, it's like, it's a lot easier to, to use. Interesting. I like it. I mean, yeah, that's such a huge difference from traditional sports, right? Especially, you know, the sport has been around for a long enough time. You know, the rules have been set in stone more or less for, you know, 50, 100, 150 years even or more, but with, you know, a game like league, you know, constantly changing, you know, you, it definitely makes more sense that you kind of have to have that kind of collaborative discussion and then kind of framework that can change and that the coach, especially, you know, if you're not the one, you know, playing 12 hours a day, then the players are more than likely going to know at least, uh, you know, on a, on a specific level, more about the game than yourself potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to know more. They're going to know more of like the feel. Like, I think I, I that's what I reach out to a lot more because I don't have as good of a feel on stuff as they will, because that's a lot of what like playing the game that much basically makes your like physical fitness in the game really good. And you mm -hmm. can kind of feel what's strong. So 
I just, I, I'll ask questions for that, like the feel, but I like to just focus on basically movement and like draft, um, like what people are picking in draft. But I mean, when you're talking about, when you're talking about traditional sports, like what's the big difference? There's a huge difference in coaching like basketball versus coaching league. You know, there's the coach on the sideline telling like calling all the plays <laughs> and telling what his team is going to do. Right. So yep. I don't think that the authoritative style can even really work outside. Like, I think, I think uh, coaches can have an authoritative, th- authoritative style in draft and should have the final say most of the time. Um, I think that's an area where, you know, I, I think Reaper was famous for this on cloud nine, where he would just kind of like, he would have like a huge, like a very heavy hand on the drafts on like what people could play. And, and he would make people like prove to them if they're actually good at a champ. I think that this kind of style can work if you study draft a lot and you're just good at it and the players are fine with it. And that's just the system they're in uh, that can work. But I think when it comes to the actual playing of the game, everyone has to understand together. Like the, the coach can't just like tell you, this is what you need to do. The, the players need to understand this is what I need to do. And this is why I need to do it. So, yeah. Very cool. So what would you say is the most important thing for an esport coach right now to know or learn how to do? I mean, I think, I think the first, the first hurdle for any coach is you need to, you need to have the buy-in of the players to yourself as a coach to like you being you knowing what you're talking about because it, it happens. I'm sure it ha- I don't know how many teams it happens on, but it's happened on some of my teams where, you know, uh, there was a coach that was not qualified to do the job and he was put in the position of being a coach and he was trying very hard. Um, but myself or other people, like I would hear sometimes it wasn't even me. Sometimes it was like my teammates, but just thinking their their coach is like just trolling. Like what he's saying is just not, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I think if that's the case, it's going to be very hard to do any of the things that I've already talked about. So I think having the buy-in of the players and I think like an easy way to do this is just don't waste people's time. Like don't waste players time with, with useless, like, like super long reviews or useless meetings. Like actually have a purpose for the meetings that you're doing and Mm -hmm. purpose for the things you're doing. Um, Yeah. And I think just empathizing with players, like, like actually understanding how to connect with people and and um empathize with their situation and try to understand where they're coming from i think that's a huge skill that a lot of coaches should have you need to understand someone's life situation and you know their motivation behind what they're doing um a lot of people come from different backgrounds with league so i mean you could have somebody that's you know grinding for their life really trying to make it from like you know from like a very poor background trying to take care of his family like i know i know a current lcs player that has been doing this for a while. Um, and that's like one of his big motivations. Uh, you can also have people who they're just like basically in it for fun. They're in it for like the ride. Um, and mm-hmm. you need to be able to empathize and motivate from both, both different, uh, backgrounds. Yeah. Okay. So ha- as a coach right now, what are you working on to improve yourself? How do you go about that? Um, well, I'm currently taking a course with, uh, if you know Parth Naidu from TSM, he's giving a course called, it's called like the Saito Collective, but they're doing like a month-long coaching seminar, which I'm currently taking part in. Um, and as far as like before that with my team, it was just, I mean, it was just different being in in the scenario that I was in. Like I've never really worked in 
this environment. The only environment that I was in before was I was a head coach with one assistant coach as like my, um, at like that was on my staff. And now we have a lot more members on, on the staff on our team. So collaborating with everyone and trying to make sure you like, you get everyone's opinion. Also, it's, it's primarily online. Like most people are not in person, which definitely makes a difference. Um, so just working through that and how to like still keep everyone connected somewhat. <clears throat> but cool. I think also my, I've had more. Gotcha. What would you say is the most important piece of advice that you could give to a new coach? Uh, it can feel overwhelming at first to start coaching because it's such a big task, but I think the easiest thing you can do for yourself is to just break down, break down the different, like whatever game you're in, just break down the different parts of the game and then make a priority list of like, what, what is the most urgent to, to work on basically, and just start working on whatever the, whatever one is the first one, break that down. If you need to into the different phases of that part of the game and just start working on those things and focus on basically one or two things at a time. And yeah, it's, it's just kind of like a, uh, it's a it's a process, but over time you can you can definitely help people get better. Awesome. So, what are your future plans now? My future plans? Um, I don't know. I I have a couple different things I'm working on. Um, I mean, I've been doing individual coaching, and I've been streaming a little bit at the end of my days. But I mean, honestly, I've just been just been grinding for the last like two months. Realized I wanted I wanted to just like improve my, improve my situation in my life. I don't think I was like working. I think I was a, a bit stagnant. I made the switch a, a bit, uh, a bit late to coaching. I, I think I'd like try to change my life a bit late. I could have just done it earlier when I, when I felt like it, but I was too scared to like make the jump basically, or like jump into something uncomfortable. And I feel like, uh, life, life just kind of did that for me anyway. Like I think mm. the, uh, the lack of the lack of passion affected my ability to continue doing what I was doing. But my future plans, I think, I mean, I've been doing a lot of stuff. I've been learning, I've been learning programming in, in the beginning part of my days. Um, I'm definitely going to look into that as a potential career. Um, I'm going to continue coaching individually and coaching my team. Um, and we'll see if that leads into something else. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much all my current plans. And then if, if none of that works, I'll probably just go to college um, next year. Um, yeah, but I have a pretty, I have a pretty like fleshed out plan for the next, well, honestly, until the end of this year. So I'm gonna try to hope I can, uh, I can hit all my goals in that time, but it's not bad. I've been, uh, just been grinding every day. My schedule has been super, super full constantly, which <laughs> pre previously before, like making this whole, like these goals and this priority list of stuff in my life. I like, I was literally just doing whatever the day brought, you know, I was just yeah, I was living with like no purpose for a while. So it feels good to be to be back on it. Nice. Well, maybe we'll have to do a check-in after uh 2023 is finished and see where you're at. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find you online if they want to get in touch? Um, well, you can find me on twitter.com slash Acadian. That's like probably my my most used gaming uh gaming platform, as most people do. Um, I also have my Coachify profile if you're interested in coaching from me individually. And I also stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Canadian. 
And yeah, I think that's about it. Fantastic. We'll put all those in the show notes. Thanks again. Have a great day. Thank you, you too.